feel that the Lord wants to do a mighty thing in somebody's life today. I feel that he wants to make a mighty way. We like to say the problem is us. But I feel in the Holy Ghost to tell somebody that he's going to make a way in spite of us. And sometimes that's exactly what we need. And sometimes we just don't know how to give it all. Sometimes we can't figure out how to surrender. Sometimes we can't figure out how to put our attitude to rest. Sometimes we can't figure out how to get past ourselves. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that there would be a spirit from the throne room of war. A spirit that's going to fight, press through, break through, and come through for us, God. Lord, I pray victory in the name of Jesus upon your people. Samuel chapter 17. More life, I'm thrilled does not accurately describe what I feel when I see people that are creating a new comfort place. Beth, I watched you kneel down in the aisle. You didn't even make it to the altar. Most people don't do that. I'm so glad you did that. Amen. Amen. Sister Beth, I'm not putting you down. Most people think they got to make it to the altar. And you found a comfort place right there. Lord, I pray that our comfort place would be anew. That we would find that no matter where we're at, we can drop to our knees, we can lift our hands, we can raise our voice and begin to say, God, I'm not worthy. Lord, I need a way maker. God, I need you to do what only you can do. Brother Brian, you don't typically stand there. There's something that's happening in this house. There is something that is changing in God's children. At protocol, we're getting tired of it. And routines and schedules and traditions. That there is something awakening within our soul that says, God, I don't care what I look like. God, I don't care what I sound like. I want you to know that I need you. I want more of you, God.
Folks, I'm not in any hurry. Samuel 17, 41. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 41. I will be reading from the English Standard Version, as I typically do. And the Philistine moved forward, and he came near to David, and a shield-bearer in front of him. When the Philistines looked and saw David, he disdained him. He was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You've come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. 
Brother Larry, will you pray over this service? Amen. Look to somebody before you seated. You're too quick. You must have been standing for a while. If you're already seated, then look up at the person who's standing next to you and tell them the battle's not yours but the Lord's. And you may be seated. Going to do it all service? Do it all service? Now, you're an old man. You sure? <laughs> but in case he doesn't, there's a chair over there. <laughs> I can tease him because I, I feel his age. In Matthew 26, 36, I'm going to read some scripture. Is that all right with everyone? And if it's not, I'm not sorry. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, and I promise you I'm, I'm not trying to just stick with the Lord's death, but it seems to be one of the most important things in life. So, But Jesus went to them in a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on the face and he prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to his disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you might not enter into temptation. And the spirit is indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, in verse 42, he says, he went away and he prayed, and he says, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink from it, your will be done. And again he came and he found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. And so leaving them again, he went away and he prayed for the third time, and he said the same words again. And then he came to his disciples and he said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is to be betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. See, my betrayer is at hand. This portion of Scripture is familiar to most, I'm aware. But the Lord is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's praying before his crucifixion. And he takes some disciples with him and he tells them to stay there while he goes ahead, while he goes a little bit further. But he told them to stay and to watch and to pray. That he didn't tell them to stay and to sleep, to stay and to slumber. But he said, I want you to stay here while I go a little bit further down the road and I'm going to pray there and I'm going to minister there, but I want you to pray here. I want you to watch here. The title that you see on the screen is called One Up. 
and we're going to get there and hopefully it's all going to make sense. But God leads by example always. God taught by example always. God doesn't require things of us that He Himself has not already conquered. It said that He was tempted in all points as we are. God has already laid His life down for you and I. We are still living, but the Lord has already accomplished what awaits for us someday. So God has already went beyond what we have gone. God has already one-upped us. None of us sitting here today have laid our lives down for our friends, for we still are living and breathing. But God did. God has already done more for us than we ever will for Him. But He leads by example. For God has forgiven the unforgivable. God went further than what we would go. He forgave men and women their trespasses that seemed to be unforgivable. But God said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. He always ones up everything that comes in his way. Why? Because he's better than everything. He's better than anything that's ever existed. Why? Because He is the Creator. And everything that exists beside Him is the creation. There is no other gods. There is no other deities. There's no other entities. It is only God. And God created all things, even hell and the lake of fire. God formed those places. God formed Lucifer. God formed the demonic spirits. Got real quiet. God created Goliath. Think about that for a minute. The giants, God created them. God's creation. Think about the things that comes against us. We love to blame the devil, and he's typically at fault. He makes a nice scapegoat, though, for the rest of the time when it's us. But God created him. All those evil spirits God created, God formed them so that they would serve his purpose. Yeah, the amens are really trickling down. You mean the things that stand before me, the giants that I face, were formed by God? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why? Because our God is stronger than we ever will be. But God is not in the habit of creating weak children. God is not in the habit of taking people out of darkness and putting them into His light. For them to only fail and go back to hell. You see, our God knows how to deliver the vex soul like he did Lot. God knows how to deliver from addictions. When God does something in our life, he doesn't just do it halfway. He's not part-time. He is full-time. And when God does a miracle, He does it from the 
can get mad. We can throw a tantrum. We can complain. We can bellyache about the things we're going through. And I empathize with you, but I tell you this. Your storm's not my storm, and your giant is not my giant. But the hell that you face is the hell I also face. There's only one lake of fire, Brother Larry. Only one. Just like there's only one God. And so we go through different things that our God has created and set before us. But the same God that empowers you empowers me. And the same God that forgives you has forgiven me. And the same God that makes a way for you makes a way for me. And the same God that pours out blessings on your life is the same God that's blessing my life. And I tell you as a walking testimony that I have been healed in the name of Jesus Christ. And if it's the same God that's watching over you, that's watching over me, then if God heals me, God can heal you. It's the same Spirit of God that comes into man and woman and begins to flow out of the mouth with speaking in other tongues that baptizes in the Holy Ghost. I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. And if God has baptized me in the Holy Ghost, God can baptize you in the Holy Ghost. I've been downtrodden. I've been weak. I've been distracted. I've been distressed. I've been discouraged. And in every situation, God has came by for me. If God can come by for me, God will come by for you. He told his disciples, you sit over there and I'm going over there. What he was showing them is when you stop there to pray, I'm giving you an example. Everybody wants to diagnose this and come up with their own theories and maybe they're right. But what I see and what I feel to teach, Brother Brian, is if you're the Apostle Peter and you're sitting there in the garden, God came over here. We encourage people to pray together. But why did God separate himself? If nothing else, he was to show Peter, hey, listen, when you stop and pray there, know that your God goes in front of you over here and is praying to make a way for you. You see, Jesus knew the outcome. He knew he'd be hanging on the cross in just a couple hours. He understood these things. But what he knew is that Peter would live and continue the journey. And he said, I go to prepare a place for you. There's a Roman rule, Roman law of the day that said that if a Roman citizen or a Roman soldier, or a Roman noble asks anybody that was conquered from them or conquered of them to carry a burden, a backpack, a load, a grocery bag, that that person would have to carry those groceries for them for one mile. That was the Roman law. 
But Jesus, He talks about this. And He says, you have heard what it was said. An eye for an eye. Garrett, if I jab my thumb in your eye, in Scripture, you could jab your thumb back in my eye. I'm not going to lie, there's a couple situations I kind of still wish that was in place. Oh, you say, oh, pastor, oh, don't, come on now. Who here hasn't felt that way at one time or another? As Bishop says, the rest of you are polishing your own halos, apparently. That's what the law of Moses gave allowance for. That if something bad happened to you, you could repay it to those that happened upon you. You've heard that it says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn him the other also. No longer is it an eye for an eye. No longer is it, I'll pay you back for what you deserve. But God is trying to tell them that you're going to one-up the evil person. You're going to do better than those that did unto you. That you're going to now have to pray for those that hate you. And you're going to have to intercede for those that despise you. That those that punch you in the face Turn the other cheek and let them hit you again. You're going to one-up the forces of hell. He says, if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, don't only just give him your tunic, but let him have your cloak as well. Somebody's going to sue me and they want this sports coat. Give them the tie as well. says to him, and if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. You're going to one-up that request. What you're saying, your attitude, your personality is saying is though you're trying to put your burden on me, though you're trying to bring me into your storm, though you're trying to make me be your doormat though you're trying to get one over on me I'm going to show you that I'm going to one up you that I'm not going to complain when you do me wrong I'm not going to gossip when you do me dirty I'm not going to run and tell the whole choir when you offend me what I'm going to do is when you do me wrong I'm going to show you the spirit of God and I'm going to pray for you and when you trick me and you do dirty to me what I'm going to do is I'm going to go on a fast that God will help you, that God will deliver you. He said, give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who could borrow from you. What he's saying is that everything we have, we've got to come to a mindset that what I have, this, this sports coat that's on me, Brother Dean, 
me. God gave me a job to be able to buy this. And if somebody wants to attack a child of God, let me give you the tie too. Because none of it's mine. None of it is because I'm good. And when it comes right down to it, you're not fighting me. You're not doing dirty to me. You're not abusing me. You're touching the king who sits on the throne because this battle is not mine, but the Lord's. Matthew 27. 32. Man, I'm out of shape. I need a chair. That's the first thing that's got to go. Matthew 27, 32. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Remember the Roman law? Somebody says, I want you to carry that. You're to carry that. Simon was walking by, and they said, hey, you, who's of Cyrene, hey, you, they compelled this man to carry Jesus' cross. Think about this. Simon of Cyrene picks up the, the, the wooden cross and he's carrying it. Boy, that must have been a lot of weight. Remember, we just taught about it. It was uh, could be up to 200 pounds. Is anybody listening? 200 pounds. What do you mean I got to carry this? I don't even know who this guy is. I was just here to get my car fixed. All of a sudden, I saw a parade in the street. It just come down, and I was looking for candy, and instead I found a cross. Man, that's a, I'll preach. Picks up the 200-pound cross. And he's like, ah, my back's sore. I've been working all day. I didn't, ah. Can you believe what they're making me do? Can you believe what my luck was? I just happened to be there. I should have listened to my wife and got the car fixed last week. The whole time. The Lord is in front of him with the crown of thorns smashed into his skull, his back laid open. I won't rehash the message because you know. But the little cross that Simon got chosen to bear was already one-upped by the punishment that Jesus had already endured. And the future about what was getting ready to happen was sure going to be worse for the man that wore the robe than the man that carried the cross. Even in the Via del Dorosa, God was one-upping man. 
the Lord tells us in the Word of God, He says, take up my yoke. It's easy and light. Even then, you know we cannot compete with God. But why do we compete and try and be perfect like Him? We will never be perfect. We will never be like God. But yet we hold ourselves at such high standards for perfection. We cannot one-up God. But we can one-up hell. We can't one-up the Holy Ghost but we can one-up every demonic spirit that's ever been created. We're never going to trump the Spirit of God. But we, with the authority of the Spirit of God, will trump every contrary spirit when we say, In the name of Jesus! I felt God deal with my heart that what He's trying to do today in somebody's life is He is trying to send a message to you. He's trying to get word to you that the desire of His heart is that you begin to one-up the enemy. That you begin to one-up all your problems. That you begin to one-up all the giants that you're facing. Listen, there's too many apostolic Pentecostal Christians in this world who are trying to go toe-to-toe with the devil, an eye for an eye. And God's Word says don't do an eye for an eye with him. You don't have to go tooth for tooth with hell. If I'm in the ring and the devil steps in, I'm going to step right back out of the ring. And when he says, hey, chicken, hey, coward, you're like, I'm not afraid. I'm not chicken. I'm just obedient. Because the Word of God says that that fight isn't mine. It's my dad's. You stepped into the ring. Now I'm going to show you your opponent. told many of you about the chess master vision God gave me. And in that vision, the Lord was the chess master sitting down at the table and the board was before him. And there was a player on the other side of that board. But when the vision began, whoever was in the chair across from the Lord got up and walked out the room. And I told you how God then took me, the pawn on the board, and he lifted me up, and with his right hand he smashed all the pieces off the board, both his and the opponent's. And he set me back down all alone. And I began to look, 
and I began to questions racing my mind. Who are you playing against? God let me know something right then and there that even the opponents of God get up and walk out when He commands them. Even the opponents of God don't have a place to sit before Him if He won't allow it. You see, there's a lot of chess pieces on the board. You guys are sitting on the board and you're looking at hell playing a game of chess with your life and coming against you. But if you would ever get the revelation that that demon, that devil, that giant who's trying to play chess against you doesn't even have the authority to move the pieces on the board. The devil went before God and he said, I can't touch Job. Considered my servant Job. Well, yeah, but I can't touch him. Well, you got that right. Because you ain't in control of the game. You're not the one that's going to make a move against my child. Unless I feel like letting you. The sooner we begin to understand all the things that come against us are God-controlled. God, everybody say that, God-controlled. All the bad days, God is still in control because the Word of God says, this is the day that the Lord has made. You want to learn how to one-up hell. You start talking like a child of God to hell. You want to learn how to put down the devil? Then you begin to put in the ring your dad. Get out of the ring. Take the gloves off. Stop fighting it. But if I bring a lawsuit, then I'll get what I'm owed. If I fight him at work, then I'll get my raise. If I go down to that school board and I complain, then my daughter, my son will get his way. If I call the code enforcement, I'll get my neighbors. Sister Dalsey in Key West, for years, we would drive to the church. And right before you got to Stock Island, there was an adult store. You guys know what I mean? If not, good. That means you're not an adult and don't go there. Every time she'd drive by that adult store, she'd say, Lord, burn it down. I never once saw Sister Dulcie sitting in the back of her yard lighting up a Molotov cocktail saying, we're going to finish it this day. She probably wanted to, knowing her. And if you're watching, I love you, Sister Dulcie. 
I know that she probably hoped that God would provoke another sinner to do that. But she'd say, Lord, get rid of that place. Lord, close their doors. Garrett, when we drove by it, I was even unsure which building they were in because it's been gone for so long. You see, she didn't take the matters into her own hands. She went to her dad. And she said, Lord, take care of that place. Lord, take care of that place that's horrible. Take care of the evil that's next to our church building. Lord, you do your... You, you take care of it, God. I haven't even got to my scripture. Remember, we opened about David. Remember him? Yeah. We're going to go there now. Eh, wait a minute. We're going to backtrack. I got another good one. See, the prophet goes to Joash. And he tells the king, he says, take a bow and take some arrows. For the sound person, it's 15. And so he took the bow and the arrows. I forgot it's Sister Sandy. She's a rock star. And then he said to the king of Israel, Elisha tells him, he says, I want you to draw the bow back. And he drew it back, and Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands. And he said, open the window eastward. And he opened it, and Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Syria, for you shall fight the Syrians in Aphek until you make an end of them. And he told Joash, he said, take the arrows. And Joash took them. And he said to the king of Israel, Strike the ground with them. And Joash began to smite the ground, and he hit three times, and he stopped. One, two, three. He was obedient. But the man of God become very angry with him. And he said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck down Syria until you have made an end of it. But now you will strike down Syria only these three times. More like Tabernacle, the arrows have been placed in our hand today. I'm telling you, in the authority of the Holy Ghost and in the authority of the name, that in the spiritual realm, the eye of God and the angels that have encompassed around this place, that there has been given authority into your hand. Authority has been placed in your hand. Not from hell, not from the devil, not from your mom and dad, not from your pastor, but the authority that has been given to you is from God. 
You got a problem in your life? You got a country, a nation that's risen against you, that comes against you? You feel like all hell itself is dug its heels in and won't move and has been conquering your territory. He's been making ground faster than you've been able to keep it, faster than you've been able to defend it. I tell you that today is the day in the name of Jesus. If somebody would begin to open their mouth and begin to lift their hands towards heaven and begin to strike the ground in the authority, in the name of Jesus, 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 Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I feel in the Holy Ghost. That somebody who's listening right now, somebody that's sitting in this place, the the reason you have not made a move for God is not because you don't believe in God, you don't believe in yourself. You think that if you make an advancement towards God because you know yourself, you think you're going to trip up and fall and you think that the embarrassment down the road will be worse than the embarrassment of your life right now. But God is putting in my mouth to tell you if you will get beside yourself and allow the waymaker to sit down at the table. You are not the chess master. You're not a player in this game. You don't have to choose the moves because you're not making the moves. You need to start saying to yourself and to the giant in front of you, in the name of Jesus, I claim the victory. In the name of Jesus, I claim deliverance. In the name of Jesus, I claim the strength to never go back to that place again. In the name of Jesus, I claim the trust of my God. In the name of Jesus, I claim deliverance. David goes out into the field before Goliath. That little boy goes out before Goliath. And I've read this scripture many times. I've preached for it just as many. Some of you have probably read it more than me, and you could teach me. But I read it the other day. And my eyes, God just opened up like I had never seen before. This is what the Word of God records. The Goliath, the Philistine, the giant says to David, he says, come to me and I will give your flesh 
to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. That big old war hero for the Philistine Empire, that savage man of valor for them, their champion of the Philistine Empire, stood there and looked at, looked at a boy, and you're a boy to me. As my bishop says to me, I'll always be his boy. You'll always be my boy. Bear that cross. But Goliath looked down at David, little boy standing before him, and says, I'm going to give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Oh, that's big talk from a big man. But I want you to pay close attention to what David says to him and how David one-ups Goliath. You see, David stands there and he listens to the smack talk from Goliath. David is a phenomenal smack talker. For David already started talking smack to King Saul. Because Saul looked at him and said, you're just a boy. And David said, boy, let me tell you something, king. When the God that I serve delivered a lion and a bear into my hand, I was victorious. And I'm going to tell you something else, king, that God is going to give all of that host of Philistine and that giant into my hand today. David, that little smack talker, walked out onto that field and he listened to the words that Goliath was saying to him. Goliath told him, he said, I'm going to take your flesh and I'm going to feed it to the birds and I'm going to give it to the wild beasts. And David listened to him and he, he let him finish his charade. And now comes the one up. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Then he says, but this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down, and I'm going to cut your head off. Even Goliath didn't say that. But here it comes. You see, Goliath was looking at one kid and saw one victory. But one kid looked at Goliath and he saw the conquering of a nation. And he says to Goliath, Once I cut your head off, I will give the dead bodies of the entire host of the Philistines this day to the birds and to the beasts of the field. See, you say you'll only feed my flesh, but I'll feed your flesh and all of your army to the birds and to the feasts. We've got to get an attitude that when we start talking to our problems, we get out of the habit of being singular. Not only 
will I feed my flesh and my bad attitude to the blood of Jesus Christ. But I'll feed not only my attitude, but I'm going to put down my addictions. I'm going to put down my depression. I'm going to put down my anxiety. If that's not enough, I'm going to put down my jealous heart. If that's not enough, I'm going to put down my cranky attitude. God, see there's some people that walk through the door and you're asking for help in your marriage. And God wants me to tell you, that if you will strike hell for more than just your marriage, he'll not only fix your marriage, he'll fix your life. See, we're in a habit of just going for what we need that hour that day. God, I need help in my marriage. God, I need help with this addiction. God, I need help in my job. God, I need help with ABC. And God is saying, take the authority I put in your hand and begin to strike the altar with a fervency in prayer that you've never prayed before. And begin to say, God, not only do I want help in my marriage, but I want help with my children. I want help in the relationship with my parents, with my brothers and sisters, with my nephews and my nieces. God, repair my relationship with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm asking and I'm looking, is there anybody out there today that's got a spirit like David that when hell tells you that he's going to take something from you, Oh, I'm going to take your job from you. I'm going to take your wife from you. I'm going to take your children from you. I'm going to take your toys from you. I'm going to take your house from you. Oh, that's what you're going to say to me, Goliath. You're going to take my house and you're going to feed it to the tax man. You're going to take my cars and you're going to feed them to the IRS? All right then. I'm going to one-up you. And not only will I give my 10% in the offering plate, but I'm going to give another 10% to benevolence. And then I'm going to give another 10% to our missions. Oh, that's how you take the Word of God and make it real. If you're struggling with financial problems, you need to begin to strike the offering plate more than three times. You're struggling in your marriage. You need to strike the prayer meeting that we have more than just Monday nights. If you've got problems in your life, then you need to strike this altar more than just Sundays. If you've got problems in your walk with God, you need to open that Bible more than once 
when the preacher says stand for the reading of the word. If your preacher says clap your hands, you ought to look at him and say, I'm going to one-up it. I'm going to clap and I'm going to shout. <laughs> if your preacher says stand up and jump, you ought to say, preacher, I'm going to one-up you. I'm going to stand up and jump and I'm going to run. You are not weak people. You are not a doormat for hell to wipe its feet on. You are a child of God who's been redeemed in the blood of the Lamb. You have been given power and the authority has been placed in your hand in this service. Begin to smite your giant. Begin to smite the ground with the authority. You're not waiting on me. Heaven's waiting on you. Brother Crenshaw, I can't keep preaching. The time is now for the people. I'm done. I've run out of it. I feel the anointing lifting. I want everybody, if you would, to stand. <laughs> Sister Kelly, will you bring Brandon up into the altar for me? wanted my friend in the altar. Brandon, you're just as much a part of this church as any person. 
might not agree with me, but I believe that Brandon prays. I believe that Brandon talks to the Lord. It might not be audible words anymore, Mom, but God hears the mind. God hears the heart. And I know by the look of the, his face, look at that smile, that Brandon talks to the Lord and the Lord talks to Brandon. Lord, let the prayers of Brandon come before the throne as a memorial. If the Lord raised Brandon up out of that wheelchair right now, I bet you he wouldn't stand still. <laughs> 